What's up and welcome back to the Dream Mason podcast. I'm your host, Alex Terranova. I'm a Dream Mason, a performance coach. I work with strong and successful people to boldly declare what they want, get real about what's in the way, and create the strategy and the steps for more clarity, freedom, and success in their life. Together, we get things done faster, raise the bar on your goals, improve your relationships, and get crystal clear on what you really want. Now, if you haven't already, please support me and this podcast by subscribing on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, TuneIn, or YouTube, and please leave a review on iTunes. Follow me, Inspirational Alex, on Instagram, and share this podcast with a friend. Now, a dream mason is a person who is brave enough to declare they have a dream and committed enough to do the work to build it. Now, I know we all have a dream mason inside of us, and my dream for this podcast is to support us by giving us a glimpse inside the hearts and minds of leaders, creators, and innovators to help us unleash our inner dream mason, because your dreams don't build themselves. I want to give a quick shout out to our sponsor, Accomplishment Coaching. I won't let anyone sponsor this show, but I've personally done Accomplishment Coaching, their year-long life leadership training program, and it changed my life completely. Besides giving me a new career, it supported me to improve my relationships with my family, my friends, make the most money I've ever made, find more joy, and overall live a much more powerful life. So if you're interested in coaching, transformational work, or leadership training, Accomplishment Coaching is definitely the world's finest training program. Let's get into this episode. What is up? Welcome back to the Dream Mason podcast. I'm your host, Alex Terranova. Today, we got a first on the Dream Mason podcast. Well, first, this is my first in-studio recording, so I'm super excited to share that I have a studio now in Pacific Beach, San Diego, so hopefully you recognize the sound quality's up, it sounds better, I feel good about it. It's just exciting. And it's exciting also because it's also the first time I've had a doctor of divinity on the podcast. Might actually be the first doctor in general, but definitely a doctor of divinity. I didn't even know what a doctor of divinity was before I met this guest. Um, My guest today is a doctor of divinity. She is the author of Awakening. She's the founder of Soul Society. She is the founder of Good Morning La La Land, which is a streaming, a live streaming morning show that I love because it focuses on nothing but positive upbringing news. She also has her own podcast, uh, which is called Dr. Aaron slash Society. I want you guys to welcome Dr. Aaron Fall Haskell to the Dream Mason podcast. What's up, Aaron? Hey, hey, Alex. How are you? I'm so honored to be here. And I think podcasts are always great. So whether you're driving or you're cleaning the house or whatever it is that you're doing, walking, I just love, I love, love, love audio. Awesome. I love you do you and you do a ton of stuff like this. I mean, I follow you. We met on Good Morning La La Land. I, you know, you're you're welcoming, you're warm, you're clearly intelligent and like have so much like wisdom and and um, and value to bring to the world. But you do so in such like an open and um, I want to say warm. I don't know a better way, warm way. Um, but I started following you on Instagram also. And you're pu- yeah, I mean, you just like put out tons of content, whether it be audio or video. Yeah, I mean, I think that Gary Vee impacted all of us, you know, Mm. watching him put out his contact content. And uh, for me, I just do it strictly because I just, I feel like I'm in a relationship with the universe, you know, the universe is like my partner in life. And so I just do it because I'm just giving whatever's coming through all day long. And, uh, and it's not a chore at all, which is great, because now it's been recognized Forbes did recognize me as 11 most um, inspirational women entrepreneurs to watch on Instagram and some other top blogs have as well. So it's kind of cool when you're like, oh, it's actually being received somehow. So uh, cool. (laughs) Yeah. And when it's valuable, right? Like I don't, you know, I know you speak in a lot of ways to women more so, but it applies to everyone. You know, I see you, you put out uh, meditations and or affirmations i should say like i've seen those oh a few yeah times. i have well on the i have an app also that has 30 guide meditations and i do meditations affirmations but i just i mean i work with men and women it's just at the platform soul society i just feel like women at this point in time knowing that we're not a man we're not a woman we're not these bodies but i feel like there is a time in history right now where women really 
need um, to come together to just heal. Yeah. Were you, because I didn't know, and I don't even know that I still am totally clear on it. And I, and my guess is that a lot of people don't know. What what is a doctor of divinity like? What is it, and, question, and right? how do you so, become one? Yeah, so it's actually well, we consider ourselves doctors, and we are doctors because we heal through revealing the truth. And divinity is really the link between our divine nature and our human nature. So it's really the you know it's the it's it's who we are. It's our experience of of being these spirits in this dynamic. 3D realm and what does this mean and how do we really hone in our awakening to have the greatest lives that we that we want to have? Okay, so you, you and you don't have a medical degree? No, it's, no, no. I'm okay. not a Western doctor. I'm, <laughs> awesome. This is strictly. Cool. It is actually a religious degree. I'm not okay. religious. We're, I'm non-denominational. I'm actually what's considered a new thought minister okay. and a spiritual practitioner. And I'm a doctor of divinity. Just getting your master's beyond your your ministry. So it's, um, you know, my doctorate, uh, you get to choose what you focus on. I, I focus primarily on uh, reprogramming the subconscious mind. So it's metaphysics. I learn, mm-hmm. I teach and, and help people go through basically birthing their truth, you know, healing their trauma in their past, releasing their limiting beliefs. I'm getting clear on what their relative truth is, um, birthing their passion and birthing their purpose and calling so they can really live a really intentional life for what works for them. That's awesome. Thanks for explaining that. Because yeah. when I heard it, I was like, "Wait, you can become a doctor in this?" And then I'm <laughs> I didn't like, either. "And I was like, because I'd already been on the track for like many, many years, and I found out, I was like, I don't know how long that takes, but sign me up. It's done because it's such a cool title." <laughs> so, and then you you talked about programming the subconscious mind, and that's super interesting because as what I do, like as a performance coach, I'm obviously I work with people on their mindsets and and the way they think and how that impacts them. And the subconscious is, plays a huge part of that, right? Like it's it's controlling what, like 90% of what we do, if not more. It's like how- 98% and who knows how much. I mean, the reality right? is so cool because we created this thing called the subconscious where everything we do, every habit, every patterning just becomes automated. So then we don't have to think about it. It's super cool, but, but it's good and it's bad, right? If we program it with great stuff, it works. When we program it with crappy stuff, it works too, but not, <laughs> not exactly what we want. How do you, can you, can you give us like a a mini version of like the, how someone reprograms the subconscious mind? Clearly it's, it's not a like quick fix or a, but what's the the process of, of shifting? Sure. You know, I always use the computer analogy, which is such a great one. So if you're looking at a computer or your phone right now, you can actually touch your computer or your phone and that's, what's considered the hardware. And if you take a look at yourself, your body and your neurons and the actual physical part of it is your hardware. And then when you take on, you, you know, you look at the computer or your phone inside what it's considered the software, we get software updates, right? It can be downgraded, upgraded, whatever. Same with our, it's ours is belief system. Our software is our belief system. We've been programmed through, you know, energetic patterns, the epigenetics of all of our lifetimes in our DNA. We're patterned through our cultural beliefs, through movies, magazines, all that kind of stuff. And, um, and then we have what's called the memory. And then your phone or your computer, you have great memory or not such great memory. In us, it's called Akashic Records. So people call it the mind, but even science does not know where the mind is. They, they still can't put their you know, finger on it. And it's because it's the, considered the Akashic Records. It's everywhere. It's, it's the intelligence of everything that's ever happened at all points in time, all the mental pictures. And so the point is, is that you can have the best computer, you can have the best software, you can have the best memory, and it won't do anything without the operator. So you're not, you are the operator of your life. You're the spiritual being. You're not your body. You're not the beliefs. You're not any of this patterning. Um, you are the spiritual being. You're the operator of this thing. So just like your computer, it gets glitches. It gets viruses. It has a little spinning ball, all that stuff. Same thing in your life. You get confused. You get depressed. You, you know, all, you get overwhelmed. All this stuff, you get chaos. So what do you do with your computer when you've got to, you know, deal with it? You basically... You, sometimes you have too many programs running. You got to pull up the programs, complete those cycles, shut them down. Sometimes you got to defrag. Sometimes you got to wipe your whole computer and you know restart the whole thing, whatever that is. And same with us. So subconscious reprogramming is really doing all those things. So say there's trauma, we got to pull up that traumatic incident and we have to complete that cycle. We do that through basically neutralizing that mental picture. And then we close down that that uh, mental picture. And so it's not running in your life like a puppet string behind the scenes. Same with confusion. We gotta, we gotta organize what are your core values? 
What are you truly committed to? And then we've got to figure out what is the plan with all the stuff. We've got to know what your you know, purpose and calling is. And that usually comes out of the suffering of this lifetime and all lifetimes so that you can birth, birth and basically complete whatever healing needs to be done and then leave the legacy that you want to leave in this lifetime. So it's super great. It's, yeah, it's, it's, I love that, that you used in a really simple analogy, right? That we can all I get identify with like our phones, how often, I mean, I turn my phone off all the time because it just isn't doing what it's supposed to be doing. <laughs> right. I wish I could turn myself off all the time. And I think I do, right? Like when I meditate, when I yeah, stop Yeah, I mean, to, that's the point. You can meditate as well, for sure. As a way. And there's tons of other tools. Um, for sure. Oh God, I have so much stuff. There's so many cool things in here that I want to like get into. Um, the first thing I think like as you're talking about this is I think that people don't always realize because this was my situation. Like I didn't have trauma. Like I didn't have like a thing that happened, you know, like um, that I that I would have considered trauma in my childhood or in my past. And mm -hmm. what I realized through doing my own work was that even the littlest thing like being pushed down in a sandbox as a six year old could be traumatic right. because you're six. And while an, as an adult, we wouldn't call getting pushed down in a sandbox traumatic for a six year old, somebody being like, I don't want to be your friend or pushing you down or you're or losing your mom in a grocery store could actually like shift your your whole mindset yeah. for the rest of your life. Can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah, I think it's a really important point. What is trauma? And obviously from a from a, you know, scientific place, you might say trauma is like, you know, where you've had a physical accident or, you know, some major incident like being in war or something like that. But trauma is relative. Trauma is basically any incident that happens where you have a high, high, high negative emotions, basically. You are traumatized. You, you have your systems go on. You have your adrenaline pumping up, whatever that is, or whatever level of high, high negative emotion. And in that emotion, you decide something. You command something into life. For example, you may say, I'll never love again, or I can't do this, or I don't want to live, or I'm not enough. It's never going to be enough, right? So whatever that command is, and the subconscious mind is programmed through emotion. It's a vibration. It's an intelligence. It's actually a communication. The entire universe communicates via frequency vibration. And there's actually a binary code of, of it's like a, it's like it's like you know the little uh, what's it called old, old school when they used to do the little um, uh, they would the intelligence would communicate via code right so we have this language but that's not how the universe listens the universe listens via frequency mm. and a code and your vibration your emotions are an, an actual communication and you program it's like little soldiers down in your subconscious mind you're the lieutenant in charge and you're saying i can never do this i'll never love again and and it's it's communicated via those emotions and the subconscious the little soldiers just say yes and so it is and so they decide i'll never do this again so every time you start doing anything start going down the road of a relationship you start going down the road of building a new business and, and it gets frustrating and you get emotional, things trigger you. And all of a sudden you go, I can't do this. And, and you're like, why? Why does this pattern keep playing out in my life? Because you created it into existence. It also, it also you, you explained perfectly why, you know, a lot of people do affirmations and they do, and they meditate and they do all these, they use all these tools. But what I'm hearing from you is like, and I think I can apply this to me personally, if I'm doing an affirmation, but emotionally, I'm not aligned with it. Like I'm in a crappy mood, for lack of a better word, while I'm yeah. saying. While it's pointless. I'm, it totally. You can't, you can't make pie out of pie, pie shit. <laughs> that's, and that's so great because I think that we don't, you know, something I did recently to try to adjust that because I think I was noticing that for myself was I started doing like a gratitude list before I would get into my uh, meditation or affirmations to try to shift like my, you know, when I, it's hard to be upset when you're writing down things you're grateful for. And it shifted who I was being and my emotions just by going, wow, I'm actually really lucky. Look at all these things I have that. Yeah. I mean, I think it's a great conversation. I believe that the positive movement, 
um, has some major pitfalls and mm -hmm. you can be positive all day. And trust me, I've seen people. <laughs> I actually yeah. had somebody in a group the other night that they were so positive. They're all about enlightenment. They're all about all this. And then you get into their trauma and then they literally turn into another human being. And it's like, they're constantly pushing down this monster inside yeah. of them. And they are running, trying to hide from that monster. And they're going to do all the affirmations and meditate all day and all this stuff. But the deal is they haven't dealt with that trauma. They haven't neutralized those mental pictures. And it's just going to keep coming up and it'll come up. You know, we've all experienced where we're, we're feeling all zened out, da, 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 da. and then all of a sudden, you know, our boyfriend, girlfriend, husband, whatever, like, we'll you get in a big fight with that person or whatever. And all of a sudden, this whole aspect of yourself that you never even, you thought it was like gone, you thought you'd healed all that. And it comes back up, and you're like, what the hell is this, you know, because you haven't healed it. Yeah. So you, it's, you can't run from it or hide. You can't put no, it. It's you kinda, can't do enough affirmations. Yeah. You can't do enough affirmations to deal with trauma. Well, and what I hear you saying too is it's like, I use this a lot with my clients. Like if you have a table, if you invited me over for dinner, you wouldn't have the plates from breakfast and lunch still sitting on the table and just put a fresh tablecloth over it and be like, look, it's so clean and nice. Right. You'd actually have to clean. <laughs> Welcome to dating. Right, yeah. <laughs> That's the dating app. Exactly. Right there. We clean the we nobody's <laughs> we have to clean the table off and then we can reset it and create something new. Yeah. Um, and I truly believe that doing trauma work is I think there's a myth around it also that people think they're going to be some enlightened being with superpowers once they do their <laughs> trauma work and what I have no, what I have witnessed over and over is that it brings people back to free will. So if there's a gradient and way way down at the bottom it's like, you know, completely reactive, traumatic like kind of person that's completely not present you do your trauma work and it brings you up to like par to like the middle and you have freedom of choice and free will but to get to an enlightened amazing empowered state you need to create major major habits community and daily spiritual practice to really get yourself to the next level that's great what's the so how did you even get here? Like what's, what was, what, what was your life like that even got you to this place? It's, you know, well, my primary, I call it my Ted talk, even though it's not a Ted talk, um, is about when I had a stillborn at 22 full term and, uh, had to give birth to his body and it was, it was very traumatizing and had to grieve, you know, you bathe your dead baby, you take pictures with your dead baby, and then you go home six hours later without your dead baby. And wow. The next day I went to the mortician's house and went down into this really dark room that had these red drapes and I wanted to, you know, say bye to him basically. And just was alone in this room, grieving and looking down at his body and realized, you know, he was gone, his body was still here. We're not these bodies. And it really sent me, it really got me committed in that moment to figuring out what the hell we're doing here. And um, well, that was 24 years ago. So it's been a long track of being obsessed with figuring out my spiritual nature and consciousness and truth. And, and there is, I mean, if you really understand universal law, you understand the metaphysics and you understand how to reprogram the subconscious mind and you have tools like you know, meditation, breath work, all these things, like you, 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 will, you will discover the truth. Wow. Um... I can't even imagine, like, you know, what that would be. Not only to, I can't imagine what it would be like to give birth, but also to have it go that way. That, yeah, but, you know, you realize through the yeah. whole process that there's one spirit. Mm -hmm. There's no such thing as death, you know, that we're immortal, we're eternal. And that, you know, incident was the biggest blessing of my life, you know? Is that, when you look at, when because we've been talking about trauma, is that where... Does it go back further than that? Because of course, yeah, and it goes right? through all lifetimes. Mm -hmm. And whether you believe in past lives or not, it doesn't matter. You have a thing called DNA in you that has all the memory. And again, epigenetics is proving that all the memory comes through. Why are we afraid of a snake when we haven't been bit by a snake in this lifetime? Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like it's all the memory, it's all the fear, it's all the trauma, it's everything lives in us. Do you, well, so basically, is trauma in the work that you do it always is going to come back to healing trauma that, it's number place. one you really yeah. can't become some empowered human being in my opinion until you deal with your trauma 
and deal with those things because otherwise you're you're just battling your subconscious mind. So how would you, so how do you, because there's lots of ways, there's a lot of people or ways that people work with trauma. How do you specifically, like as a doctor of divinity, how do you help people decide whether is it, you know, let's say they had to choose, which they don't, they can do lots of things, but how do people know that are listening? Like, do I go to therapy? Do I call somebody? There's, okay. So there's some great processes. So yeah. I, I do some great meiotic processes and we actually go in. So trauma, there's many different aspects of reprogram the subconscious mind. I call it the truth triangle. And there's about nine processes, primary core processes that we go through. But one of the first processes out of the nine is trauma. And trauma, basically what we go to is we go back to that incident and the client goes over that incident. It's in, in cognitive therapy, it's called prolonged therapy. And basically you go over it, you scan over the incident over and over again, you as is all the emotions and you see what decisions and commands you made in there until it's flattened out. So say when I had my stillborn son, the first time I did my trauma work, you know, I was bawling my eyes out. And they had me go over it like, you know, 20 times. And by the 20th time, I was like, yeah. And then I had a stillborn son, you know, it's like, oh, yeah. And I decided, you know, blah, blah, blah. And the point is, is that you've got to neutralize. And as is, it doesn't mean that it didn't suck that that happened or say someone was raped or say they were at war, or say whatever happened. It doesn't mean that it doesn't suck. It just means that when you can look at it and as is it and go, that happened. Okay. Now, what do I do about it? And it, it, so that's the process. And people can find different ways. I highly recommend cognitive therapy processes are good. The, the only real difference between, say, a doctor of divinity and um, a cognitive therapist is that we go into past lifetimes, you know, mm -hmm. a little different that way. I want, to, I want to shift a little bit because I know something about you that you've shared with me that I think is so, it's something that's different about where we are in our time right now than has existed in the past. You know, you are, you're a self-made millionaire and you did this by 30, right? Yeah. So I, what I find it, it's not, it's not interesting that, that in itself is interesting, but not so different. There's a lot of people like that. What's, what kind of is fascinating to me is that typically people that did work in like spiritual leaders, healers, people that were like supporting others and giving historically have not been people that prospered. And I love that it's almost like the most, the, the kinder the work, the, the better the work, the more divine the work, the less money it's worth. Now, that's not the truth, right? But that's kind of how we've seen it. And it's a great point. Yeah. It's one of the biggest things I get people going is go, you make it accessible and make it so we don't have to renounce all this stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you're creating it. It's like, why is it that we live in a world where it's kind of like if I make chemicals, I can become rich, you know, and mm -hmm. if I make things that harm the environment, I can become very wealthy. And but if I am helping people, often it's like, oh, that's a nonprofit. It's something where we're not profiting. And I love as I like learn more about you. Mm. It's actually like, yes, you pro it's it's not for the profit because people would know it would we would know if that's what it was about. But the work you're doing is is divine and it's helping people and it's probably the most valuable work people can do. And so why wouldn't you prosper from it? How do you, because that's a shift, right? Like people like you are shifting that. Tony Robbins has mm -hmm. shifted that. And there's mm -hmm. and there's a whole new culture of leaders that are shifting that. Do you, do you have any ideas on how that has come to be? Yeah, I mean, yeah, well, so first of all, you know, in the traditional, like say the Hindu religion, which really isn't a religion, it was just, um, you know, they just had a spiritual culture over in the East. And their whole thing was about, they weren't about, renouncing things but they said go get it go have all that and the reality is that you probably won't be fulfilled you you know you're not going to be fulfilled once you have this you're not going to be fulfilled once you have the next you know better car better house better career more money more things like they're, they're like go at it you know and i think obviously they had a great point because i truly believe the same that you are it's not going to fulfill you this material stuff or this quote quote success um monetarily but for me personally I think it's super important that we recognize that we live in this great game of life. I really look at it like it's a game. And I do believe that the first principle of heaven is harmony. It, I'm sorry, it's organization, which means harmony, okay? And, and it's really important to know that we do have a responsibility, that there's ethics to this universe. And if we just consume a bunch of material goods, 
and harm Mother Earth, we will actually begin to get sick. Hence, we are. Hence, we're getting cancer. Hence, we're getting all those things. I mean, I think clothing, the clothing industry is the second most, you know, toxic thing to mm -hmm. the environment because of all the waste and all of the consumption. So it, there is a dance in this, right? So the question is, how do we as spiritual leaders have materialism be responsible and say we still get to have our expression within all this? And it's something that I've not mastered at all, but I do believe that it is, we have we have all the, this is like, I'm sorry, I'm gonna go like a long-winded way this around is, this. This is great. I do believe that people do want to, people are gonna be more and more spiritual as, in far, as far as I'm concerned. People, it's common knowledge. Oh, they talk about the universe as if it's their BFF, right? So it's working <laughs> in that, but it's like the green tablet. The green tablet says come down to reality and then bring them back up to the light. So my core mission is to bring truth to this planet, right? So if I have that mission, I need to come to the masses and meet them where they're at. And then we rise in that, okay? So if I'm somebody that makes it more accessible, or I'm somebody that makes it like, oh, the girls are like, oh, I don't have to let go of that Louis Vuitton purse. You know what I mean? Like, um, I'll become spiritual if I don't have to do that, right? Um, so we come to where they're at, but then we take responsibility. I'm also highly invested in green tech companies. And I'm a true believer in the book, Like Abundance, that says we have all the in, in, inventions to help, like, take trash and, and convert it into, you know, carbon and, and give back and, and make it into a place where we can have both. But we have to be responsible. But that's a totally long-winded area around that, so I'm so sorry. <laughs> no, you're, I, I actually love the idea. I, would, I mean, I kind of want you to touch on what that means to be, from your perspective, like, what does it mean to be responsible? It means that I mean, we have to pick our battles, right? So if you're an environment, we have responsibility. If, if we don't, if we just keep like having toxins on this planet and just raping, you know, Mother Earth of everything, we, it comes back, it reflects back perfectly. That's the law of the universe. It's, it will re reflect back to us exactly what we give, we will get. So hence, we are creating a lot of toxins in our food. We're creating a lot of toxins in our water. We're creating toxins in our stress in our lives. And hence we are getting toxic. We are getting stressed and we will kill ourselves off. We're killing ourselves off right now. It's the greatest genocide you'll ever see just through t technology alone. Watch it. People are getting more and more depressed and we'll have more and more yeah. suicide. People are getting more and more stressed and 90% of people that go to the doctor now is stress related. So how do we even, I, uh, I'm, I'm like, how do we, what do we even do? Right. And I'm thinking, yeah. I just heard, uh, I just listened to Deepak Chopra was on, um, uh, the Ron Burgundy podcast, which was pretty, very random, like a Will Ferrell, Will Ferrell's podcast with, awesome. and, and, right, and it's like so random that this is, that Deepak Chopra's on there and, and he's playing his, Will Ferrell's playing the character from Anchorman, right? And Deepak says something to the effect of asking of like, what are we going to do in the world? And he's like, well, human beings have the ability to be diabolic or they have the ability to be divine. And it's just about what we choose. Mm -hmm. And we've chosen to like make a, a mess of our world. So we're leading to our own extinction. Yep. How do we like, what do we do with that? You know, with what you're sharing, like, what do we do now? Yeah. I think it's a great question. So number one, we don't have to do anything. It'll take care of itself in that there's systems in the universe that take care of themselves. We don't have to do anything and we are immortal. So it's not like we're going to die and never come back or whatever. But if we want to see the world be in a, a good shape, if you will, then we have to pick our battle. You got to pick your battle and it begins with yourself, right? So number one is you have to, you know, take care of yourself and get into peace. Peace within is number one and, and not, and, and choosing to eat good and making enough money to make sure you can, buy good food and things like that but you also have to take you know conscious choices of, of what you're going to focus on i don't get into politics i, I i'm not the person that's going to invent you know the next great green tech thing that's going to solve some toxic problem in this world but what i can do is is uh evolve consciousness and involving consciousness uh, i truly believe that it makes people more will at their life and we will create uh, it'll come out of the entrepreneurs, the new inventions and the people. Because when you awaken, you can't help but want to do good and give back. That's my experience around it. So for me, I've chosen to say this is where I'm giving back. 
And for the next person, they may say, you know what, I'm going to take on one thing. I'm going to help um, recycle um, clothing. I'm going to create a designer secondhand store, right? So whatever it is that you feel is your one place that you can give back, that's what I say. Don't get overwhelmed with like the whole world's going to die and everyone's going to hell. And does it like, so, okay, like, where's that going to get you? It does nothing. It does no good. Like, don't get on Facebook and start chanting and, and, and complaining about how everything's wrong in this world. It does, it does no good and just puts fear and negativity out there. Pick one thing that you can do that can make a difference in a positive direction and do it well. So what I'm getting is like going out to possibly like protest or fight against things like it isn't necessarily the most effective. It's not that it's, it's I mean, actually focusing. Yeah, I, mean, I, I, I can't judge somebody that does sure. that. I don't know if it's effective or not. I think that some have been effective. Some haven't been effective. You just have to choose where you're going to put your energy and decide. And yeah, I mean, if you don't like, you know, Monsanto or whatever, then don't buy it. Yeah. Period. <laughs> you know, like what I'm getting is from that is like the idea that it's not where I was pointing to like going out and doing that is more so if your actual focus is on what you want versus what you don't want. Yeah, so, totally. hundred percent. You know that. I mean, that's the law of the universe and we, what, it, what we put attention on expands. I mean, hence, look, Trump is a master of getting, you know, controversy going and he gets energized and the whole campaign gets energized and that's it. There's a master. I mean, that's, mm -hmm. that's why, uh, all the uh, reality shows sell. Yeah, and that's what I that's what I was really getting when you were saying is like we if we whatever we put our attention on is what we will recreate more of and that's what we will throw ourselves into. And ironically, so many of us do the opposite. Like we we're focused on losing weight, which inadvertently kind of is us focused on the fact that we are overweight or that there's something wrong versus totally. on right. Hey, I'm gonna focus Isn't that on funny. Right, it's, it's amazing, right? Instead of like, I'm gonna just focus on eating vegetables, or I'm gonna focus on like loving, you know, uh, being outside and and running or whatever. Um, and we can apply that to anything. It's so, it's funny and it's super sad because it's the I, opposite. I well, if you go through the four areas of your life, and I sit down with a client and go, okay, tell me about you know what you want in the realm of career and money. Tell me what you want in the realm of relationships and love tell me what you want in the realm of health and wellness then we'll go around in circles and tell you everything of what they don't want <laughs> before they actually yep. get to what you're like okay well this is why we know that you're having uh you know problems getting what you want because yeah i mean we every word every thought is energizing and informing and if you just focus on what you want we take the girls through creating a life purpose statement in the four areas of your life it's a one sentence for each of the areas backed with a measurable result, backed with a feeling. And they look at that multiple times a day. They redo it every quarter. And it's very important for you to stay focused. It's, I, I love how you just broke that down so easily because I, I have that exact same thing with my clients. And it's like, no, no, I asked you what you wanted. There was mm -hmm. no, I didn't ask you what you don't want or what you want to avoid. I actually asked you what you wanted. Why do you think that people have so much trouble identifying what they want? Well, first of all, they're identified with the brain and the brain is a problem solver. That's all it is. The, the brain is a problem solver. So it's designed to solve problems. So if we don't give it a big enough problem, it finds trivial problems mm -hmm. and it finds it over and over again. It's that they have, they're just stuck on such a small, it's like, you know, it's that little uh fish in the in the bowl you know just knows what it knows and it just swims around this little tiny thing it has no idea there's an ocean out there no idea so so it's like we're we're born and bred into like kind of knowing what we don't want or what we're trying to avoid or what we don't like versus being born and bred into the opposite like what we do well think about our school system right so our mm -hmm. school system how often did it say you know create something like what are you creating and going completely outside of the lines right instead it says okay color inside of these lines kids you know okay we'll do that now here's the next assignment do this okay solve this one little problem it doesn't support us getting into what our real nature is which is we're all creative beings that's what we are and and how often do we do we really uh, foster that and develop our creative and innovation abilities? And that's where I think schools should go. I mean, schools are completely outdated, hurting kids. 
So school, so in your opinion, school should be focused on essentially creativity. And Two I, things. Yeah, please. School should be create, fostering creativity and helping them understand systems so they can understand, you know, well, first of all, they definitely should be teaching a kid how their energy works and how their whole, you know, it's like we come down here, it's like we get a car and no one ever teaches you how to use the car. No one taught us how we manifest. No one taught, taught us how we actually, how this thing works, this thing called life. But beyond that, we should definitely be teaching fostering artists and the, the creative factor, the innovation in science or whatever field that the child is interested in. And then having systems, meaning how do you build a team? How do you build, how do you, you know, have this organized on your computer? How do you deal with your finances? How do you deal with, mm. you know, these uh, different uh, organization for your calendar? To, it's all organ, it's all systems. Your whole life is just systems. Yeah. I'm as, as you're talking and I'm, I'm thinking about how does this like, how do you, I guess personally for you, how do you approach when you, and I don't know that you do, I'm just imagining this, like, do you ever run up against people that fall into traditional religions that kind of can't be with this? Like they bump oh, up. Oh yeah, of course. And what For do you, sure. so how, what do you, what well, do you, do you know, that? I mean, we had to train in the Bible when I was in ministry and I was like, Oh really? Ugh. You know, but the Bible is really fascinating. It's a mathematical equation, the entire thing. And it also is the representation of Christ consciousness, which is Buddhist consciousness with its cosmic consciousness. So I, one of my, I have a daily spiritual practice. So many principles that I live by, and one of them is to never make anyone wrong. And one is to allow people to have their happiness. So I don't, I would never like debate if they really like think that, you know, there's this man called Jesus Christ that is the savior that's God. And that when they talk about God, they talk about him. I don't believe that. I believe, you know, Jesus came to teach consciousness. You too will do greater things than I. He said, it's done unto you as you believe, right? So I believe it's all truth. And that I allow, I mean, if somebody, whatever, I don't, I have zero desire to debate it. So it's, I, I love that because it's ultimately at the end of the day, it's like someone has, from that, from the place that you're not going to, it's someone's right and someone's wrong. Yeah, it doesn't mean it doesn't do anything but start a war. Yeah. Same with relationships. The number one vicious cycle in all relationships is making someone wrong. Yeah. So the daily spiritual practice and the principles to live by are to, you know, never make anyone wrong. So how do you make someone right? And in making them right, you know, you focus on their divinity, you focus on their divine nature and their potential. And if somebody, if you just can't stay in that around somebody, that means you can't have them in your immediate circle because your primary principle is to live in peace my primary principle is to live in peace mm -hmm. and live in and and only know truth at all points in time and if someone's really challenging me and i'm not able to stay in peace and stay with not making them wrong then then i can't have them in my life not because of me because i'm out of ethics if i don't think highly of somebody and hold them for their purest purest nature it's actually i'm hurting them because i'm metaphysically creating them into existence It was a profound yeah. thing. I, I realized this, a mentor of mine told me that years ago. I was in a dysfunctional relationship and I was like, well, he needs to change. He needs to do it. He's this. Da, da, da. And he was like, do you know that you're actually doing him harm? Because if you don't think of him highly, you're, you're energetically creating that into existence, into his world. And I was like, what? I don't know who, I think this is just like everywhere, but I mean, people around me say it all the time. I've been using it a lot. It's like the, you can be in, re, you can be right, or you can be in relationship mm. and it's, it's super simple. And I think so about great. it like outside of, even outside of independent relationships, I think about it like in the world we live in when it comes to politics or laws or any, even just our little communities, like everywhere we go. And when I say little communities, that could be like your office, right? Like you can be in relationship with the people in your office and create something together or you can be right about how it's gone right. and how Such it's been gone. Such a great model to live by, huh? It's, it's so simple, right? Everyone gets that. So what do you do when you feel like, oh, gosh, I can't just really be in a relationship. I can't help but make this person. How do you handle it? It's hard. <laughs> it's, I mean, I think it's hard is relative too, right? Um, you know, I have to remind myself of that because I think we get emotionally. You, you talked so much about emotion that we emotionally get sucked in, like from our past and our beliefs mm -hmm. that aren't true. And I think that I have to. What what I find is I keep getting closer and closer to the reaction point. So it used to go way down the road, big fight, right? And then you came back and apologized. Mm -hmm. And now maybe instead of a fight being twenty or thirty minutes, it's like five minutes. And maybe me or the whoever the person is goes, wait a minute. 
Mm-hmm. We're not getting anywhere. Like, you're not wrong, I'm not right, like, and vice versa. And so, like, can we can we see that, that, like, hey, we can either be with each other in whatever relationship it is, or we can keep going at this. And I think mm-hmm. that idea of, I think noticing things is the first step of almost shifting anything, right? Like, you talked about going back to the trauma. So I think noticing that, that the closer I get to noticing the moment where I think I'm right is mm-hmm. the closer I get to preventing it from continuing to go down that road. And at some yeah. point, you know, I was I was reading on my phone the other day some articles and I was with somebody that I knew would not agree with what I was reading. I didn't even know if I knew that I agreed with what I was reading, but I was going to share it. And I knew mm-hmm. that if I shared it, their stance would be to push back against. And I actually had that moment where I went, what's the purpose of me sharing this? Mm-hmm. And I couldn't think of any... There wasn't anything like, it wasn't like it was going to get a laugh and we were going to have fun. It was kind of to, it was almost to see if I could be right. And when I noticed it, I went, just don't share it. And then we just got to be in the relationship we were in and that thing never came up. And it was just so much better. Like Mm -hmm. my life was more enjoyable, right? Like in the moment. So, so profound, right? We just don't, it's just like, it's just not worth it. No, nothing good that's going to come out of it. (laughs) No. And I think the thing that people, you know, like, and I needed this too, is like, it just takes practice. Like it's repetition. Totally. And and there's Mm -hmm. ways, you know, people like you like are helping people do it faster and more efficiently. But ultimately it's, it's just about, you still have to do it over and over again, whether it's with you or me or someone else or whatever. Yeah. That's why they call it a daily spiritual Mm -hmm. practice, right? It's not weekly spiritual practice on a rare occasion, spiritual practice. (laughs) Well, and it's, it's. It's true. spiritual practice. Yeah, yeah, and it's it's funny because we do, right? Well, you and I know, and probably everybody listening, that if we go to the gym every day for a year, we will physically look better. But if we mm-hmm. stop going at the end of that year, things will change and revert back to whatever our normal physical body kind of is. And mm-hmm. it's the same. We forget that, like, our mind's the same. You don't just get to, like, work on your mind or your, your spirituality or your, your development for a few months and then go, Oh, I'm good now. I got it. And let it go. You, true, right? It's a, it's a constant, it's, it's an everyday thing for, you know, however long you, that you live. If yeah. You, and it's, it's, I, I think it's also fascinating how people can be like, I've worked with people that they're so overwhelmed. They get so down sometimes they get whatever. And then they're just not willing to do the work. And I'm like, okay, well, so you know, I don't know what to tell you. Like, you're going to have to, like, keep going out there and getting slammed down every three months and becoming, like, where you don't want to live every three months or you get disciplined and you do the work. Like, I don't, you know, it's like, I don't know. Call me crazy, but I don't know. For me, it's, like, the most important thing in my life. And and um, I can't imagine. I don't know how people do it without a spiritual. I'd be, I would be an absolute disaster. I mean, I'm definitely a walking example of someone who's challenged by it. It is not, I don't, you know, I told my coach recently, I was like, I think everyone else wakes up, smiles, like goes, yes, it's Friday or Wednesday or Monday, cops out of bed, clicks their heels together and goes, today's going to be a great day. Like in my brain, that's what everyone else does. And I wake up and typically I, the first thing, not always, but often is like, ugh, or, or fuck or something like negative. And I actually have to do the work. And, and it's way better than it used to be because of practice. But I have to have to do the work to get myself to be the man and the person I want to be every single day. Well, you know, it's uh, that's what they call it the an idle mind is the work of the devil. They say, and and what that means and represents to me is that again, the mind has a wants to find a problem. So if you just are like lollygagging and and there's nothing to really solve the minute you get up, like it's part of your, like you've had a discipline. Like that's what I love about the show. Good morning. I have to get up. Mm -hmm. I have to get ready. I've got to get out camera ready, you know, by X time in the morning. I don't have time to think about, (laughs) you know, which was interesting because I woke up today not having to be on the show and I, and I, and I was kind of like, Oh yeah, I remember this feeling. I remember this feeling (laughs) of like, Oh, what do I want to do? Maybe I'm a little tired. Maybe I'm a little like whatever, mm-hmm. because you, you, your brain just has to find a problem, has to find a problem. Yeah. Yep. That's so sometimes we, I, I bet everyone can identify with this when you're working on something that you, whether you enjoy it or you're just deeply immersed in it, a lot of your problems aren't, don't exist right in the moment. Yeah. You've just, cause you're not paying attention to them. You're, you're into something. And actually most of our problems are self-created in our minds anyway. 
Completely. But isn't that why you have a coach? You know, isn't that why people love coaching? Because it has accountability. There's a group to support you, Mm -hmm. you know. But even in my practice, you know, we have a 300-hour program for the girls to get trained and certified and reprogram their subconscious mind. And, And just even in this conversation, you know, I let them kind of go with the flow on certain weeks and, and when they do things. But even in this conversation, I think it should be even more disciplined because it's serving. It serves to have discipline. You know, I think there's a reason why getting back to religion, which I'm, I'm non-denominational, but, you know, there's 12 disciples. There's 12 disciplines because of that, mm-hmm. because we have to discipline our life. We literally, we will not have order and we will not have heaven in our own sphere if we don't have discipline. The habits, habits, habits are so important. And if you're not able to put your own habits in and put your own discipline in, then you got to have accountability. Why do you think people do have, you know, workout um, uh, coaches or trainers? Because it makes them accountable. And I think we need order at some level. And if you can't do it yourself, find a group, find a coach, find whatever it is that's going to make you get disciplined because otherwise you're just going to go around in circles and be miserable. It's not fun. And what's what's interesting is most people that most of us want to want to be like or model ourselves after or you know so disciplined all right? have discipline they, and they all have support structure. You know the best athletes in the world have a trainer, a physical therapist, a mindset coach, a masseuse, totally. a coach. Like, and we could say that about you know politicians are surrounded by people that are yeah. ideally. You know, I know you have people that you're surrounded by. I have people. You know, I'm always, my clients are always surprised when I ask them how they're going to get supported on the things that they're up to besides me. When I share with them that I have calls every day in my life with people like like you who I partner with to support me to stay on track. Because if it's just me out there floating around, I kind of don't have a chance. Oh, I'm a, I'm a wreck. <laughs> it's never going to happen. <laughs> Thanks for being honest. It's so, but it's, I think people don't see it, right? Like, I wouldn't think that about you if you didn't say that. And I don't think people would think it about me. Like, wow, he has one to three hours of calls every day that are just to kind of, kind of with people that are at his level or above that are helping pull him forward. And he's, and I'm helping pull them forward. It's, it's mutually beneficial. Um, as we're, we're getting to the end, is there anything that you like just would really love to share that maybe you haven't shared that you would love sure. people to hear? You don't, you know, if there's something. Yeah. I mean, I think for anybody listening out there, I would say number one thing is to not get down on yourself. Like, look, Alex and I have been through hell and back, I'm sure. Like, like most everybody. I mean, I was somebody who was completely inconsistent. I had no support system. I was a single mom, you know, just flailing around, um, making no money. And I've dealt with dysfunction. I've dealt with addiction. I've dealt with heartache. I've dealt with all kinds of things. And the reality is that if we can do it, anyone can do it. You know, we're not just born from some great, great family pedigree that has a huge support system and funds for us to figure it out. Like if we can do it, anybody can do it. And um, I also, of course, want to just tell your group about Soul Society, which is yeah, uh, my online platform, which we also bring people together offline, which is events and things. But we do have a membership. We have a really inexpensive membership for people to have a support system. We also have a leadership program for people who really want a support system spiritually, but also are soul entrepreneurs and want to get developed in business. Um, we have an ambassador. We have three levels of ambassador also that is training people to become independent contractors and, and being able to take the work and the worksheets and the logos and everything. The point is this, is that find your people, find a community. We are not built to do this alone. You know, we don't have traditional jobs anymore. We don't have traditional churches anymore. So we're in this transition of birthing something new and we're birthing new community and you've got to find community. It's, it's not healthy to do alone. I don't recommend that. So I just want to say that. So thank you so much for allowing me to share those last things. Yeah. And I, I mean, I would, like I said earlier, you know, a lot of the stuff with soul societies is woman or, or female based, but as a man, as a masculine man, there's tons of value. So if you, yeah, and we're going to open up um, some male, uh, the men's circles and stuff, and we don't exclude ever men come to the events and we, and have them in the groups, but we do focus primarily on women to begin with, but I'm looking, actually, I have a few men that I'm kind of working with that teach universal law, that teach subconscious work that I'm, I'm bringing on to have hold the circles for the men for sure. Yeah. And it, but it applies even now before you get there. Like I get tons of value from, from following you and watching the things that you're up to. 
Oh, I want. I mean, so I, I want to remind people like you wrote a, an amazing book called Awakening. Um, to find you on Instagram, which is you put out tons of content, is mm. Dr. Aaron dot tv so d-r-e-r-i-n dot tv um i'll put all this in the show notes what other ways can people you know how do people track you down find you like oh, follow yeah. you? i have an app it's dr aaron and a podcast dr aaron and um how else um they can get involved with society we have events monthly events right now in los angeles and that's about it you can get that the book does come with a free digital master class and it has 40 guided meditations and a bunch of content that comes with that so if you go to AaronFallHaskell.com forward slash awakening book. That's where all the content's there that goes with the book. So yeah, and if you have a problem, I'll just you can DM me or whatever. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Thanks so much for yeah. for being here. You um, you know, you bridge a really powerful gap between um, the spirituality, the personal development, you know, coaching, wisdom. Like I want to, I, I want to say religion, but not in the traditional sense, but God. You, you do, you bridge a gap and you also make it really digestible. Um, mm. Well, that's the most important thing. Yeah. Because and it's I, no, there's no point in just getting ethereal. Okay. Like we're already, we're already spirit. We're already divine. We're here to experience ourselves in this relative, amazing material place. And, you know, we have to understand the basics, just the basics. So thank you so much yeah. for all that you do. Your podcast. Awesome. So great to have you on good morning, Lala and all the above. So appreciate all of your work as well. Thanks. I, um, We'll have to do this again. And yeah, and it, if, you know, follow Aaron and also like the people that surround you are great resources too. I, you know, that's one of the things I've got to know about you is you're surrounded by amazing other people. So there's just so, there's just a wealth of community and knowledge. So mm-hmm. thanks for bringing that here. I really appreciate you. Okay. Have a great day. All right. Take care. Okay. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Dream Mason podcast. I am grateful to have you here. Please support me and this podcast by subscribing on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, TuneIn, or YouTube. And leave a review on iTunes. And share this podcast with a friend. If you want more, or you're ready to play a bigger game and create more clarity, freedom, and success in your life, you can follow me on Instagram at inspirationalalex. Or you can reach out to me at thedreammason.com or even email me at alex at thedreammason.com. Remember, you are a dream mason because your dreams don't build themselves.